The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast, everybody. This is episode number 38, recorded February 20, uh, February 16th, 2020. With me, my name is Joe Becker. With me, as always, is Michael Diaz. Michael, how are you, my friend? I am excellent. How are you? And I don't know if you just heard or if the mic picked that up, but Shaley's in the other room sneezing, so that may have been caught on the air. <laughs> I did hear it. That's funny. Um, I'm really tired. I just flew in. I'm in, actually in Portland right now, so I'm uh, recording with AirPods, so I'm sure the sound isn't quite as good as my regular mic, but um, didn't want to miss this episode. We've been uh, a little bit late in the last one, and things are getting busy. And I want to make sure that we, that we know everybody, you and I are dedicated to this podcast. May not sound the best, but we're going to, we're going to keep doing them. And um, even though I'm, I'm writing on about three hours sleep, so I'm sure I'll be fairly incoherent with most of our, our listeners. Yeah. But how is that different from the typical podcast? <laughs> yeah. I'll just be more right than usual. Oh, oh. As we look at this, uh, the, the rundown of this uh, particular episode. But to get things started, you actually had a chance to go to the Byron Center Comic Con uh, this week. And tell me about it, because I didn't get a chance to go. I was too busy. I had too much stuff going on, a lot of stuff to plan for the week. Um, and, I did, and, and, you know, we know it's a small con. We know that there's not much expected. But um, you did go and let us know. Yeah, so we're recording this on a Sunday night, so it was actually one week ago, no, eight days ago, tonight. So last week, uh, Byron, uh, the Byron Rec Center Comic Con was in Byron Center, and the reason we're bringing it up is just because we want to support local geek things. Now, obviously, this was not as something as massive in a three-day event like the Grand Rapids Comic Con, not even close, but I do appreciate that here we have in this rec center in a, you know, a, a suburb of Grand Rapids, an opportunity for geeks to just geek out and buy geek stuff. And I mean, I, I saw several people doing cosplay. Uh, the 501st was there. The Star Trek, um, the Star Trek club for making uniforms was there. I mean, yeah, cool. it was good. I mean, it, it was small. It was basically in a, in a gymnasium. Um, so it, basically what it was, was if you were looking to buy some geek stuff, and obviously it's not summer. We're in Michigan, so there's snow everywhere. This was just kind of like an indoor geek swap meet, if you will. Locally, we've had um, we've had a, a gentleman or a, a, maybe several uh, run these geek garage sales over the summer that have yeah. been getting bigger and bigger. Um, not that these are, I don't know if these are associated. I don't think they are, but it's just... You know, people, you know, in the summer, you can go outside and look at booths and, you know, buy geek stuff, buy comics, buy old toys, whatever. This was just that, but indoors. So it was just a nice way to go and see some geek stuff and buy some geek stuff if that's what you wanted. 
Well, I mean, I think it's tough. Like when they say con, and I'm not putting it down. I don't know because I didn't go there, so it's obvious to me. But I didn't see like a bunch of speakers or actually anything to convene over. Hence the name conference. Um, but was it so? It was more of a swap meet rather than con. Is that fair to say, or was there speakers that we that I didn't see? I I didn't see like an itinerary or an agenda or anything. I only saw vendors. So. Perhaps the name convention is incorrect. I, I think it was more just like a swap meet, slash, you know, slash garage sale, geek garage sale type thing from what I saw. Right. And that's cool. I think maybe they should label that as such because I was, you know, wanted to see a speaker or somebody that was maybe involved, maybe would have gotten me to go more. But if they called it maybe, you know, comic swap or something, or I don't know, maybe that's something you should think about. Um, I don't know if anybody from the Byron Center is going to listen to this anyways. We hope they do, but since we're, we want to kind of like really prop up Grand Rapids, but um, maybe rethink how you say it. Because of a con, I, I tend to think that there should be panels or something to get people talking. And if you don't have it, I think that's a miss. I agree with you. Um, this was very family friendly. There were all kinds of parents there with their kids. Like I said, mm-hmm. lots and lots of kids in costume, a lot of adults in costume. So it was that's a cool. fun family very cool. vibe. Very cool. Cool, cool. Well, I mean, not much to say. I'm glad you went out to it. Maybe next year they'll get bigger. Maybe we'll get involved next year. Um, who knows? Who knows? I did see, now I'm just throwing this out there because we didn't discuss this before, but I did notice in the next uh, several weeks there's Muskecon. Oh, jeez. It's a Comic-Con in Muskegon in a hotel. I haven't researched it yet, but I'm going to look into it, and I'll get back to you, Joe, okay. and I'll get back to you listeners because... That might be something I want to check out as well. That might be something cool, for sure. Like I said, I haven't looked into it, so I don't know if they have presenters or anything as well. I don't know if it's just another you know, geek swap meet, if you will. But the fact that they actually have it in a hotel makes me think maybe they might have some panels. So, like I said, I just saw the advertisement, so I'm going to look into it, and I'll report back. Cool. Let's move on. So a movie came out this week that uh, looks good to me. I haven't, I mean, I've been so busy. I haven't had a chance to even think about going to the, to the movies. Uh, and that's Birds of Prey. Looks like it's not selling well, but it feels like it's getting good reviews. Am I wrong? No, you're 100% correct. Everyone uh, is getting decent reviews, both from the critics and from the audience. But unfortunately, it is now the lowest performing movie in the DCEU, and I don't, I don't think that's fair because I think a lot of the wrong. Go ahead. Yeah, maybe we hit full saturation. You think we're there now? Like enough? People are done. You know what? People say that all the time. Like before, every single Marvel movie comes out now, people are like, oh, "Have we hit saturation? Is this it?" But then Marvel, every single one of their films, has pretty much knocked it out of the park. Maybe not the Ant Man films, but they still made a boatload of money. So. Um, that's not to denigrate anyone that works on those Ant-Man films, just saying, but they even make Ant-Man successful. So I'm, I'm worried there are going to be a lot of the wrong conclusions made, or maybe they're not the wrong ones. Cause you know, literally I saw people or not people, but I, I saw a discussion where people were like, well, maybe DC can't do an R rated superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But it did come out around the same time that, what, three, four years ago, Deadpool came out. 
And that well, made boatloads of money. I think there's a movie that came out called Joker that did pretty damn well with an R rating. Exactly. Now, so to be fair though, Joker was definitely not not in your normal comic book vein of comic book movies. I would say, I mean, yes, it's about the Joker, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a comic book movie. You know what I mean? Uh, I do. I, I definitely call it a comic book movie. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's it's about a comic book character. There's comic book. There's Batman stuff all throughout it. It's a comic book movie. I think it just hit a different vein than this one. This looks a little more uh, campy. I guess it's you know, Birds of Prey looks a little more camp with the way it looks. You know, with the over. I'm not gonna say overacting is in a in a bad way, but I mean over the top acting from you know Hugh McGregor and the way they kind of like over drama you know, push their, their character a bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to see this movie. I've just been too busy. It has nothing to do with liking it or not liking it. I've just been crazy the last couple of weeks and haven't had a chance to see much of anything at the movie theaters, you know? So I, I want to see this movie. I want to see it at the theater. I just don't know when. <laughs> and it might well, be gone before yeah. I get a chance to see it. Yeah, it might be gone before I get a chance to see it. Because right now, as it stands, Sonic the Hedgehog's killing it. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog apparently is doing fantastic. And I've heard, uh, uh, you know, as I land, it's funny thing here is I was in, I, I just got here to Portland and I couldn't get in the hotel room. I had to wait a few hours. So I went and grabbed lunch at a local pub down the street and I was just at the bar and the two guys were talking about how great Sonic was. I'm like, what? And the guys, these were guys were, you know, 28 and 32 as I asked their age. And, you know, that's right there. This is their nostalgia, right? Like, so Sonic is their, uh, I'm not going to say Star Wars, but that's what they grew up with. Um, and they loved it. They said Jim Carrey was fantastic in it. So interesting that that movie is killing it. And you've got, you know, Harley Quinn, which is arguably was the best part of any of the, uh, the suicide squad. Oh, 100%. The best thing so, about suicide squad. So, right. So interesting. It's just, maybe it's a convoluted movie. Maybe it's too much or, but I've heard good things about it though. Like if it's it's been given decent reviews, I think so. It's a shame that uh... it is a shame because I really like Harley Quinn. Um, I think that um, Robbie has done a fantastic job with her, and I this is this appears to be more of the same. I don't know why it didn't do well, and again, just like you, I haven't had the time. You know, life, work, kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. But maybe maybe that's part of the thing too. Maybe maybe it's not so much that we've hit, hit peak comic book movie. But could it be just that, I mean, it looked good, and I plan on well, seeing it, but maybe the DCEU hasn't earned that, whereas Marvel yeah. has. And it, it receives a, it's the same score for critics and audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Watch that, you know, I don't, I don't put that much stock in Rotten Tomatoes, but it is 79% for both. Uh, I think this thing can be gamed, but. Yeah. That being but, said, that being said, it's the same for both. Right. So it's not some giant disconnect like we saw in the Last Jedi. Correct. Or Rise so, of Skywalker is what you mean. Oh, and, yeah. and Last Jedi. Exactly. Both of them. So. Yeah. Like I said, but you know, maybe that's just it. Maybe DC hasn't earned this shit because they've been so up and down. I mean, let's face it. Um, Aquaman, I thought was fantastic. Um, Joker. I thought was fantastic. I haven't seen Shazam yet, but from what I hear, wait, a minute, wait, wait, you didn't that? 
I'm going to call you. Didn't think Joker was fantastic. You did not. I'm sorry. People should listen. To, listen. Pe- people should listen to our episode. You and I had a pretty big I'm argument, sorry. which might, which might bring us into the Oscars as we talk. What, what I meant to say, I, I, you're right. I did miss. I just misspeak. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was that um, Joker's uh, financial hall was fantastic. It did very well. Right. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're right to catch me. I, I, you're right. Because you're right, I didn't love Joker like everyone, like many others did. We all know that I loved Joaquin in the role. Right. But not to, you know, if you want to hear that, go listen to our Joker episode. We're not getting back into that right now. Well, I'm sorry, I did misspeak. What I wanted to say was that, yes, from a financial perspective, Aquaman did very well. Joker did very well. Shazam was kind of like the Ant-Man of the DCEU, you know? It made money, and it made good money, but it didn't make Aquaman or Joker money. But it was considered a success. Did you watch it yet? Yes. Have you seen it yet? I've started, like it? I haven't finished it. I've only, I'm only like 20, 30 minutes into it, and I got pulled away. And oh. I liked what oh, I saw yeah. so far. It was enjoyable. It's a fun movie. Like, nothing more, nothing less. It's not going to change anything in the comics world, but I, I actually really enjoyed that film. I've watched it three times now. And it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's it's the Ant Man. It is an Ant Man type movie for sure. And that's what I'm saying. You know, Ant Man. Yeah. I never think, oh man, I need to go back and watch the Ant Man films. You know, if they're on, I'll watch them. Oh, well, I do. I do because I'm a Paul Rudd fanatic. I love Paul Rudd. So oh, Paul Rudd's fantastic. There's no question. You know, <laughs> everyone loves Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. He's so got some great genetic thing where he doesn't age. That fucker. He's like John Stamos. Oh, God. But with acting ability. <laughs> Was that so, me? I don't know. No, no, I think you're correct. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to say about Birds of Prey. I need to see it. We can't obviously review it. We can't talk about it because neither one of us has seen it. It's, just, it's interesting to me that it's not doing what I thought it would do. It seems like a good time for the movie to come out. There's not much out there. But hmm. I did it didn't say funny. it did kind of... It, Go ahead. Well, I just found it funny that the the official title has not changed of the movie, but the listing title changed after it didn't do very well that first weekend. Really? So it is now, if you look at it in the movie theater, it is now listed as Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. Oh, because people didn't know what Birds of Prey meant, probably. It could be a marketing thing for sure. could totally be a marketing problem. Well, yeah, geeks like you and I, we knew right. that she was in it. I mean, it was. I mean, if you had seen a trailer, you knew she was in it. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just people just weren't paying attention. I have no idea. I, I thought it was very clear that she was in it and was the star. Right. Who knows? That's good. You know, you just never know with marketing. I mean, that's the reason that you know people were kind of confused when Rogue One came out. They thought it was a sequel to. Force Awakens, you know, the general public. So, right. You know, you never, you never know what people are, what people, what people see and what people know. So anyways, so this was a big week for the Hollywood nation in terms of the Oscars came out or last Sunday, actually a week from a week ago today. Uh, we had our annual Oscar party where I came in second. I won last year, came in second this year. Uh, wow, look at nobody you. got the, nobody got uh, the best best picture best director no one picked that from our group I, I think that was a I haven't seen you know. Parasite yet but I even 
that said, the fact that it was, I mean, I have nothing against foreign film at all. There's quite a few foreign films I do enjoy. Um, sure. Like, you know, years back when Hero came out, that was one of my favorite films. Um, right. But that said, I, and, you know, whatever, it's a foreign film, but I didn't think, that's not going to win the Oscar for Best Picture. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah everybody was. It was definitely a, a surprise. Uh, I, I'm not going to say no, because I didn't see it. So it would be wrong to say it's not deserving. Uh, right, right, but, right, right. I, I would never say that, but I, I do plan on watching it in the next couple of weeks now because I'm, I, I haven't seen a lot of uh, his films. I have seen uh, Snowpiercer, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. Right, and I, you know, yeah. the host was always on my list of something to watch. I just never got around to it. So I'll definitely check this out. It looks interesting. Absolutely. I, you know, I lost because I didn't, I did not pick Toy Story 4. I figured, why would that win? They've already had three of them. Uh, I picked Claws, and that's what cost me the, uh, the win. I thought that was a, oh, the wrong. Always been in Toy Story. Always been on Pixar. No, it's not fair because they've done it four times. There's nothing new in that. They didn't have any new technology. They didn't do anything else. I I just thought, you know, it was, it's a, it's not that it's a retread. It's like, I don't, I just don't believe the fourth movie in a series deserves a, I don't know that it, it doesn't matter. It's best animated. I'm sure they were, they were fine, you know, but that being said, that might be just be sour grapes of not winning. <laughs> uh, so anyways, so when I, when we talked last and we were texting back and forth, I, I said that Joaquin would win best actor and I did pick score, which we actually, a lot of people did not pick that for score. That helped me get that second place uh, finish in, in our, our pool and uh, just curious what your thoughts were on, on that win. I thought maybe they could have won a few other things uh, that they, you know, were up for. I thought for sure, um, possibly director. I thought, no, um, no, I thought so. I thought he was up there. I mean, uh, you know, tell me who was better other than parasite. When I look at uh, Sam Mendes, maybe will be the other one. Uh, 1917, but sure shit wasn't Tarantino and Scorsese's made the same movie for the past past 20 years anyway, so he doesn't deserve it in my opinion. <laughs> um, I mean, he he can sit there and rip on 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 comic book movies and that's fine, but all he's just done is take mob movies, which are comic book movies in and of themselves in a different context, but it's the same thing, yeah, same actors. To be fair, Scorsese has not done a mob movie in a long time, but he still does them. Like, I mean. You know, come on. It's not new. No, he's not new, but you don't have to do something new. I mean, it's... I don't know. I I love The Irishman. I thought it was fantastic. I'm not going to say yes or no. I haven't seen it. Uh, and I like his movies. It's not a, It's not that he's bad. I just don't know if, like how, how much greater is it than whatever else he's done that's won. You know what I mean? That's all. I really enjoyed it. I don't know that he necessarily deserved the best director for it just because... I mean, it was highly enjoyable, but I, I thought, I thought Casino was better. I thought, I mean, definitely Goodfellas was better. Mm-hmm. So, I still enjoyed it. I didn't. I don't. I wouldn't have been surprised had he gotten the best director, only because, you know, lots of times Hollywood, they vote conservatively when it comes to this stuff, and you know, it's a lot of them's, 
A lot of the voting members are old school and old. It's literally old. They love right. Scorsese. No, I mean, like I said, not a bad movie. I thought it was a fantastic movie. But I have to admit, part of my part of part of me maybe not fully loving it. I mean, I loved it, but I'm sorry. I think the thing that hurt it was that it's so long that I didn't watch it all in one sitting. Yeah, that's a problem. That means it's an editing problem. <laughs> so. No, no. There was a lot of story to tell, and it had to be told. I enjoyed it, you know, but there was no way in hell I thought that Joker deserved best directing. No. Uh-uh. Todd Phillips, never. Well, much to me to say, I mean, you know, to take a character that is a comic book and bring that much to it, I thought was well worth the nomination. Not saying he should have won, but it was well worth the nomination. We differ on that. We won't get into that. But, but I'm just saying that movie was entirely Joaquin's performance. Yeah, but the director helps get that performance. It's not just sitting there, roll and go. And they have a they have a vision. They have a way they want to do it. So you can't can't take one without the other. And Joaquin, if you've seen interviews with him, will tell you that and how Todd Phillips got him to get there. So it took a few things and some stuff that he did to get him to do that performance. So it wasn't just like, all right, it's just the Joaquin show. Let's go. It was a, it was a push and pull with those two. I did. My thing was what really should have really won best animated film was Lion King, which wasn't nominated for it. I don't understand why. Well, it's, it's all computer generated. There was nothing. It's no different than Toy Story's computer generated. It just looks more like a cartoon. But if you ask me for effects, it was up for effects. But it, it, you know, to me, it should have been up for best animated feature because it was. It was computer animated and it didn't win, obviously, for that. But uh, anyways. I, I love, I mean, I love that Joaquin got best actor. He acted the shit out of that. And I love that. I can't say her name. Hill. I'm, I'm not a butcher it, so I'm not even gonna try. But I love that it won for best original score. It's, score was so good. Yeah, it's so good, and it's haunting. And then even the way, like that scene, the scene where he becomes Joker after he he kills yep. the you know the the Wall Street Bros. Yep. And he's in the bathroom, and he's just you can see him. He's becoming the Joker. Then you know it's. He's it's like a metamorphosis. He's coming out of his chrysalis, and this is who he really is. That whole scene, the music that was in it, I mean, was perfect. And from what I understand, she actually wrote that piece before. I think. Did you tell me this, or did I read this? But anyway, uh, it was not me. I'm not that smart. She actually wrote the music before the scene, and they actually played it on set while he was acting and emoting in that scene. That's how tied in it was to it. So it was fantastic. The, the score, 100%. I mean, I have no complaints with that, with her winning the Oscar for original score. And I have no complaints with Joaquin winning for Best Actor. He did a phenomenal job in that. So well done. Um, <laughs> I, I did see a meme online. Um, it showed, uh, <laughs> it was uh, actually Spongebob. And so it showed Patrick looking out the window and looking at Spongebob and someone else. And they're all happy and dancing. And it says, um, it says something about, it was, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy that played, uh, 
Joker in Suicide Squad. What's his name? Jared Leto. Yeah, it's like Jared Leto looking in on uh, the two other Joker <laughs> winners. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unfair. I didn't even mind his Joker, uh, honestly. It was just different. It was just more of a gangster thug. I mean, it was that's how it was directed. So, you know, I didn't mind it. We didn't really know that Joker, really. It was just kind of snippets from Suicide Squad, which was jumbly anyway. So, you know. Apparently there was more to it, but it was cut out. So... Yeah, so it's, it's really an unfair. We don't know how it was edited. We don't really know. You know, editing does so much. I don't really understand. I don't think people really understand how important editing is for film and what you can do to it. Uh, so it's really it's really tough um, to pick on on acting. Who knows how many shitty shots were taken of Joaquin? You know, who knows? You know, we don't. Right. It's all about the director. It, it takes a team to do all that stuff, obviously, and you know, all of them working together. Uh, make magic and that film was just it's just good it sits with it sat, sat with me for a very long time it's not the best movie ever made I'll never give it that but I did enjoy it uh, it was really good I, I did see 1917 and I thought that was a fantastic movie just really really good movie and I thought that was going to win best picture I thought it deserved to win best picture I sat there watching it and was thinking boy we know nothing of this world of what it's like to suffer suffer that oh, no. one. I mean, we, we have zero clue what it's like to actually go through an extenuating circumstance like like World War One. I'm you and I are of, of a generation where I've never even had to even think about going to war. There was no draft. There was no, you know, having to do this. So like to see in this small film, it was a small film. That's what I liked about 1917. It was a small film about a giant war. And it wasn't necessarily about like look how hard this war is, but man, what they went through and just the things that these two guys did was uh, in, in, an incredible film. And not only was and it if it didn't win cinematographer, I probably never would have watched another Oscars again because the cinematography in that film was breathtaking and just so well done. Even though it was a one shot film, so to speak you didn't feel like you were claustrophobic or it moved. It was so fluid. It was one of the most fluid shot films I've ever seen. Just beautiful. I do want to see it. It looks good. It looks fantastic. And you know, it's funny, you know, I know this wasn't really geek or comic book related, but you're right. I, you might maybe would have been closer than I was, but for me, I think I was a sophomore during the first Gulf war, which would have made you, what either senior or somewhere around your first year of college. So it was first year of college. Yep. I remember thinking, am I going to get fucking drafted? I'm too young now, but how long is this war going to go on? So you're right. Unlike like my dad's generation, you know, baby boomers, they, they had Vietnam, you know, fuck that. No, thank you. But, yeah, well, we don't have a draft. We we have to register for it, but there is no draft. It's not legal right now because Nixon shut that down. So we would not have been right. drafted either way. So right. I guess they can always reopen it. So it's not a very fair thing to say. Exactly. But what I'm saying is, uh, like I said, the golf, the first Gulf War happened when I was, you know, not quite out of high school, but it did scare me because I was like, I don't want to go to war if this happens. I'm weak. Right. <laughs> but then. Well, the second Gulf War, I was in my late twenties, about to turn thirty, and I was like, "Well, now I'm almost too old." Which I realize they can right. draft well into your thirties, you know, if they ever sure. reinstated. But if shit was going that bad, right? Right. Which 
I really wasn't too worried. So you're right. I, I missed any opportunity. I mean, yes, I could have enlisted at some point if I wanted, but I did not want. And luckily, I didn't have to face any of that. For sure. It was, uh, I mean, you watch that film, and, and then you, and then I watched Tolkien, too, not too long ago, and they both have World War One references and film shots. You're just like, oh, what a, oh, my God, just, just horror. Plain old trench, just bodies, just bodies everywhere, just crazy carnage, just... I, I, you know, and we're seeing a film which is nothing. Um, just tremendous respect. Like I can't even imagine that. Like now we're so technologically advanced that we would use drones and kill. It'd be a totally different world right now if we had the same situations arise. Uh, but anyways, that being said, the Oscars, you know, in general was. Uh, I didn't care. I mean, it wasn't very good. There's no host. I don't like not having a host. I don't like. It just feels thrown together. And but. It's. Uh, I'm sure it's not doing what it wants to do, <laughs> in terms of ratings and stuff, because uh, I don't think people are watching it much anymore. So a lot of award shows are having that problem, unfortunately. Well, or fortunately, yeah. however you look at it. Well, going from let's let's keep this thing going. Going from the Joker and Oscars, we did get to see a sneak peek of the Robert Pattinson Batman costume slight reveal. I'm going to say slight reveal because I watched it four times. I still didn't see enough. Uh, I'm not like, you know, upset or it sucks. I'm like, okay, it's Batman. I didn't really get overly worked up and I didn't get upset at all. It was just like, yeah, it looks like armor. It looks, it's looking more like armor than it does, uh, you know, old school Batman or Dark Knight Returns kind of thing. It's very much a takeoff from what was done uh, in the prior films. Uh, less so than Justice League, more, more so like the... Um, the other films so, Bale and Nolan yeah feels more armor than than costume so to speak yeah I agree and you know what I don't really necessarily have a problem with that I mean like you said in the Bale and Nolan films that was the whole point it was you know it was all military technology that was repurposed for him everything was so I, I, I thought that I you know here's my here's my thought process. When they showed the reveal, I was like, "All right, looks pretty cool. It's definitely armor. Looks pretty sweet. Don't really see what the neat point is of the cape. I mean, at least, at least with the bail, they you know right away from day one kind of explained why he had the cape. You know, to be that wing. Right. I thought it was a neat. It was you know because it kind of explains why he had a cape because really, no one needs a cape. It doesn't really, but they worked it into why the Bale Batman had to have it. So, you know, it looks right. like armor. Then you see a thin cape. I was like, all right, well, you know, Batman does have a cape, so I see why they have it. But I don't know. My problem was with the cowl itself. I know you said you didn't see much, and I watched the video a few times right from Vimeo. And mm-hmm. I did too. I just, I don't know. It seemed like my take on it was. Yeah, it looks like armor, and I've seen discussion online about how the bat symbol might be made, might be made from a handgun, like possibly Joe Chill's handgun that was used to murder his parents. There's been a lot of discussion already. I don't know if that's the case. No one knows, but that's what people are talking. But like I said, armor looks sweet. I have no problem with Batman wearing armor. It makes sense. We've seen that in the in the games, but um. 
the cowl. Just something about the cowl just seemed thin and off, where he's wearing all this armor, and then he just seems to have this thin leather thing on his head that kind of just took me out of it. So, now I'm not saying I'm, I think the movie's going to be shit or anything. I'm not one of those people that, you know, saw the costume and thought, nope, I'm out. But I'm more impressed. Right. That's my thought. Well, it's a test. That doesn't mean it's the final one either. Correct, correct. I think they learned something from Sonic. I think this whole thing that, that why Sonic, going back to our earlier discussion, is doing better. I think they, you know, as a uh, marketing person, they did a great job of putting a uh, red herring out there with a really bad drawing of Sonic to get people to, to comment. And then they came back, oh, we'll fix it for you. And they're like, oh, wow, they listened to us and they fixed it. Let's go see it. I, I totally think that was a marketing ploy. And I'm starting to think that maybe this might be something like that. Like, oh, let's just show it out there and get some reaction. And then they'll make, oh, no, that's that was just a test. So. And that could very well be. And I, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it was terrible. I just, the cowl kind of really made me go, nope. But who knows? Maybe, maybe that's his first version of the costume. Because obviously the Bale costume evolved via each movie. So. You know, in the first one, I don't think the cowl really moved very much. It was kind of attached to the costume, so he couldn't really turn his head. And by the second right. movie, it was more like a helmet. So, But he talked about that. That was part of the, I needed to move, you know. Right. So. So, and like I said, this might be, like you said, maybe just a screen test. Maybe it's just the first iteration of a costume. So I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just saying there are things I liked about it, but there are things I didn't. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting movie. There's, there's, I don't know if they're going to have all three villains in there, but there is a Penguin, Catwoman, and Riddler. You know, I hope they're not going the all three at once because, man, I think it seems a lot for for the first film when you got you got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman and you've got Paul Dano as the Riddler and Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I'm hoping that like some of these aren't necessarily, you know, right off the bat villains maybe they will become that villain in, in next films they're kind of setting up the characters but to have three villains in one and it just seems crazy you know it seems like a bit much and and maybe that's just because you know in the uh, shoemaker um schumacher sorry schumacher batmans there are way too many villains and maybe that's why it kind of gives us some pause yeah yeah because those were not good I, at all. No, no, they were comic. They were just bad. But you got Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, who's awesome, and Andy Serkis is is uh, Alfred. So I love Andy Serkis. Be interesting to see how they do what he does with it. You know, I I have nothing with no problem with Jeffrey Wright being uh, Commissioner Gordon. I have no problem with them changing the race or anything. I just want to say that. I would have liked to have seen. Um, oh, I, I just said his name on the tip of my tongue. He played Commissioner Gordon, obviously, in Justice League. Um, oh, he's got to play. He's got to play. He's got to play J. Joe and Jameson. Right. So he can't play both. Uh, Simmons. J.K. Simmons. R.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I, I would have liked to have seen him as Gordon again, but 
Oh, well. Yeah. We shall see. It looks good. The fact that it looks like it, well, I should say it looks good. It looks it could be it could be interesting. We'll see how it goes. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. You know the fact that they recast. I mean, we already know this is going to be a younger Batman, and Ben Affleck was obviously an older version, more like a closer Definitely. to the Dark Knight Returns Batman. So it really makes me wonder what they're going to do with the DCEU by just bringing in a young Batman all of a sudden. And there, there is there is no EU. It's done. It's just everything is separate, and they're not going to. I do you know they're supposedly making a Flash movie too. With the same actor, so you know, I don't think you're going to see them all together again in a very, very long time. There's no decision on Superman. They got to solve Superman first before they do that. So, and that's a mess. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be because Henry Cavill is a great Superman, and they should find a way to figure that out. Because despite the scripts, he was a great Superman, like great. So, my opinion. Man, I just I don't. You're right. The DC, it's hard. I mean, like I said, there are moments where they do something really cool and really good, but it's hard to get in as invested in the DCEU as it is the MCU just because it's so hit or miss. Yeah, for sure. And there's no continuity now, so it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but Marvel has shown us the way, and we're used to it from Star Wars. You know, that there is a continuity and things happen and these are all related. And I think we see that Star Wars is going to head even more that way. So the fact that D- the DCEU is deciding, you know what? Everyone's going to be standalone now. It makes it confusing, I think. I think. Star-, Star Wars is going to be a, an anomaly to both. It'll be in the middle of both of those. Star Wars is going to go to its own stories, but it'll be canon at different times. So you're not going to see conflicting canon in star wars like they're right. not going to like no. reboot it they're not going to reboot luke skywalker they're not going to bring they're not going to do that uh so uh, you're just they're just going to create new characters somewhere else in the world and 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 have those stories but you know the dc universe just keeps rebooting and rebooting um you know like spider-man and you know we'll see what happens with spider-man as Contracts seem to be okay right now, but we shall see in the long run what happens there. I, I think we just get the next two and that's it. Yeah, which is a shame because Spider-Man's important. You know what it kind of hinges on? It kind of hinges on how well Morbius does and then the second Venom movie, right. how well those do. If those if those don't live up to the hype, um, Spider-Man might be sticking around the MCU for a bit longer. Yeah, if they're not making money, right? Well, let's move on to our last topic here as we get into uh, – we're at 40 minutes in, so I want to make sure we get enough time for the Picard episode four. I did get a chance to watch it on the plane here to, to Portland, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, it's getting better. To me, it's getting better. I, I liked it from the start, but it's getting much better. Finally bringing some – he's kind of got his crew now. He's got the heavy – He's got the captain, the, the, the captain that reminds me a bit of the, the comedian from uh, Clockwork. Uh, Watchmen? Clockwork. Watchmen. <laughs> it's a Clockwork Angels, yeah, which is a Rush album. Yeah, the Watchmen. He reminds me of the comedian from the Watchmen. He's got the cigar. He's got a little bit of gray beard going on. Uh, he's got the antithesis. What's her name? Uh, that's like, yeah, used to run with him on the other Rafi. ship. Rafi. Was she in next? 
Jen? Did I miss her from that? I didn't watch all of it, so. Nope. She um, she was obviously the XO uh, on whatever ship he was on before he retired when he was an ambassador. So Okay. But she's not from Next Generation. She's a Correct. new character. I've not here. seen her before this. Okay. So he's got his crew and he's got the, 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 the chirpy smart girl that is the um, scientist who was in uh, game uh, House of Cards. So... And also Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes, Scott Pilgrim, yeah. I don't know the actress's name. But anyways, story's looking good. I mean, what, what's really drawing me to the Picard series is, and I was thinking about this as before we started the show, it's like the humbling of Picard and the failures of Picard. And it reminded me actually of like, boy, him and Luke Skywalker almost are in the same spot from their age of what happened. Because they were successful people that – failed at a certain point and kind of became recluse. Like he, you know, went over to his own vineyard and Luke obviously went to an Island, but maybe there's something about that part of age. That is a theme that maybe we'll find out when we're a lot, a lot older uh, where you revisit maybe your failures and you, you run from your failures and, and kind of live with them. But I don't know. I kind of connected Picard to Luke Skywalker today in a weird way. I don't know. Maybe you don't see it, uh, but Everywhere he went, like he, this was a big episode of him facing his failure. Of, I didn't consider it a failure, but clearly the people that he tried to help considered it a failure because he didn't come back. But there was things they couldn't see behind the scenes, obviously. Uh, that didn't, you know, for the Romulans didn't see. But the respect for him is not there, and and it, and it looks like even the people that that did respect him are still they're still helping him, but they're still like mad at him. Like he must have really messed up, and. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I see exactly what you're saying. And that's, I agree with you and that that's exactly where they're kind of taking the story in a very Luke-like fashion that, you know, Picard, like Luke, became disillusioned and kind of noped out of society for a while. I mean, yeah, like he said, I think in episode three, um, that he tried, he said he really tried to enjoy himself at the at the vineyard at you know Chateau Picard Chateau Picard, he tried to make a life there. He just he couldn't. He's got that wanderlust. He needs to be in space. So, but you're right. He did take a long time away from people, and that's definitely the story that they're you know that's the storyline they're doing. I have some issue with it only because that's not the Picard I know. Right. I was, that's where I was getting to. Like, is it the same feeling that you get? Like, because it happened with the Luke Skywalker story. It's like, that's not Luke. Luke wouldn't do any of that. And I'm curious, are you feeling the same thing? Because I, I think maybe Picard had too much hubris, but I don't remember that from Next Generation. So maybe I was going to have, maybe have, have you shed some light on, on his character arc? Um, well, you know, I, I can't say that I've watched a Next Gen episode very recently but i mean picard you know part of his youth he was very bold and super assertive and it's i mean i don't i don't know if you know this but picard has a fake heart did you know that i did not know that he has an artificial heart and if you go back and watch some of the early episodes there's actually you actually see the episode where it happened uh they do a flashback and it's a much younger, you know, basically, basically in his twenties, he was a hothead 
and he got into a fight and a guy pulled a knife out and stabbed him in the heart. And he, he could have died. He didn't. Um, they actually gave him an artificial heart. And to this day, he still has an artificial heart. So that's kind of what tempered him to make him the very logical and very um, diplomatic captain that we know from Next Generation. But then again, he's human. He's not perfect. He knows that very well. Um, and like I said... <laughs> I guess anyone, I mean, I didn't experience what he did, obviously. Well, no one did. It's, it's fake. But what I'm saying is, I know it's <laughs> fiction, but I don't know. It's, it is very akin to Star Wars in that this is not the Picard I expected. You know, in episode three, when he, you know, goes to Rafi to ask for a ship, we find out she's basically a drug addict that, right. um, that hasn't really worked since her Starfleet days, and that when he quit... She lost her security clearance, and he was just like, oh, I'm sorry. He didn't even say that, though. But, like, you know, when they showed the flashback where he said, you know, either you give me this or you take my resignation. And they took his resignation, and then she gets the call. She's like, great, you resign and I lose my job. Right. And then when he's seeing her at her house, at her trailer or whatever it is, she's like, you know, I lost all my security clearance. You know, because you quit, I was done. And I haven't heard from you in what? 10 years? That's not the Picard I know that just says, fuck everyone. And I'm going to my, I'm going to my chateau right. and I'm not talking to anyone. That's not the Picard I know. Yeah. It's, it, I, I'm liking the series cause they're actually humanizing him in a way that I didn't expect. So to me, it's a, a fun thing. Uh, but I was curious as to how Star Trek fans might take it. Do they take it like I took the Luke thing? And I've come to understand the Luke thing and I'm not bothered by it as much as I used to be. I'm bothered by other things, as we talked about many, many times. But, you know, it's interesting choice that they made for Picard because he was the strength, so to speak. And he, it feels like everybody's against him right now. And he's got to get everybody back. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen towards the end. Obviously, he's going to atone for, for things. But Picard has always been the epitome of what Starfleet, a Starfleet officer and what Starfleet should be. And that was captured very well. When you found out, you know, the very first episode, when he encounters the, you know, Q continuum, and encounters Q, then the very last episode, the finale of the series, where you found out the last seven years has basically been a test. You know, he was very humble. Um, right. And, you know, he admitted his faults. Um, but like you said, I, I'm... I'm I, I don't. I won't say that I've made my peace with it yet. That this is not the Picard I know. I'm still chewing on the show. I'm letting it happen. Perhaps we're going to get more into why he shut himself off. I'm trying to see right. where the story goes. But and that being like, said, this ep- this episode was a really good one. I, I really like the new character Elnor. Well, not new. He was a kid. Well, new as an adult. Uh, Elnor, very Legolas type character to me. Like I see Legolas. Uh, which you didn't see Lord of the Rings or whatever, so it doesn't matter. But uh, the character reminds me a lot of Legolas. Well, the Vulcans and Romulans uh, have always been the space elves. I mean, that's it. Yeah. But the way he looks and the way he moves is very much like like Legolas. Um, He's a Romulan Sam. That character's yeah, it's really cool. Cool, cool character. Uh, then burying the lead, so to speak, as they were trying to get away from 
uh, I can't remember the planet's name when the Romulans were there, but anyways, they were being Vashti. And Vashti yeah. And you've got uh, seven of nine that have helped him out. They came out of nowhere. So don't know where that's going. Uh, and I don't know much that much about her character because I didn't watch that particular series. So, well, it's interesting that she's still going by seven, or at least maybe she's not. Maybe because she just showed up. Right. Picard called her seven, which is interesting. Right. Because from what I remember from Voyager, she found out her, I don't want to say human name, but she found out her original name. And she was endeavoring to become more and more human throughout the course of that series. So here we are you know, 15, 20 years after the end of that show. Mm-hmm. So she's still going by seven. Interesting. But we'll see where it goes. Maybe... Maybe she corrects him right away and says, you know, call me, I think her name was Catherine or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but that was her human name when she was born. So, but I'm just glad she showed up. And obviously this is tying much more into whatever happened with the Romulans in the past. And we've already seen Hugh. Hugh showed up in episode three. Now we have Seven showing up, another former Borg in episode four. Um, I like the little uh, shout out to the old original series Bird of Prey. That was cool. I see. I don't. I don't know enough, so I'm sure I, I'm, I, I miss all the Easter eggs. So I don't. I don't really know what's going on there. Well, you know, it's but funny it's though because you know. So I watch it with Shaylee, and obviously, right. as you know, I'm a hardcore Trekkie. I catch most, maybe not all, but I catch most of the Easter eggs. But then after the show, I'll go and I'll watch you on Looper or some other YouTube channel, all the Easter eggs you missed. And she likes it because she's just enjoying the show right now for exactly what it is, surface level. You yeah, know, I am enjoying, too. And, we're, right, we're the same. Exactly. You guys have a very similar outlook on it. So you guys are coming at it from a different perspective. And yet, you're both enjoying it, even though you don't have all yeah. that deeper knowledge. Well, because, again, I'll go back to what I don't like about Star Trek. Everything's on a ship. Nothing takes place on a ship here, really, till this episode. <laughs> and it's a very human story. So I like that they're doing that. It's not just a ship jumping around in space, fighting the next enemy at a different planet and retelling the same story. So I think this is at a good spot. I, I am interested, like, what do you think this Soji character is? They call her the Destroyer. Where they think she is this destroyer and this whole activated thing. What do you what do you think that whole character is? I gotta say I don't know. I've I've read a lot of theories online and I have my own. I think I explained to you in our last episode that I think that there's a very strong possibility that the Borg and the Romulans encountered each other disastrously for the Romulans. Sometime in the last several hundred years. And that's why they don't like synthetics. But it might not be that. You know, it could be a third, fourth, or whatever, fifth option. There might have been a race of synthetic sentient beings, ancient, that pre-existed maybe all of this. And maybe even gave rise to the Borg by accident or by intention. Who knows? Perhaps the Romulans encountered an artifact from this synthetic race that was disastrous to him, and that's why 
they don't like synthetics. I so obviously Soji is connected to that, whatever it is. I just don't know how yet. I don't they haven't laid down enough breadcrumbs for me to figure it out. And it makes sense, we're only four episodes in. Right. Well, we're not even to the half. I think we're gonna do I think they're doing what, ten episodes? So we're almost uh, halfway. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. So I, I don't know. I, I would like to guess, but at this point, I don't know. I It has to be tied to the Borg somehow. I just don't know how, but I don't know if there's some other synthetic race or species that existed as well. So I'm curious, and that makes the show fun for me, because I, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're trying with that um, brother, sister, Narek and Rizzo, whatever their names are. They know something. They know more than everybody else because that's the, the the two that are trying to get something out of her. And you know, one has a different tactic, and the other one wants to just go in and start. The sister wants to go in and just start killing. Um, but clearly, if they activate her, whatever that activation is, that she's a an incredible killing machine of some sort. And right. I'm not sure if like that maybe these sentients were created by the Federation to go into infiltrate like spy type things. And thus that's how they lost their way. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where they are politically because it means a lot to Picard politically. I don't think, I, I don't think that only because knowing what I know about Star Trek history, I know that data was unique and that before him, there were not a lot of... I mean, he's the first synthetic member of Starfleet. doesn't mean that there haven't been other synthetics. Just obviously not with the success of Data. Now, right. I've seen the theory out there. So, going back to that, you know, season one or season two episode where Data was put on trial and uh, the Starfleet doctor wanted to take him as property and take him apart and look at him. And they had to defend Data's, you know, existence, yada, yada, yada. I think we mentioned that before. Uh, someone had posited the theory that possibly that, that doctor, I don't remember his last name off the top of my head, but someone had posited that maybe he was somehow asynthetic. And that we got kind of like a Battlestar Galactica Cylon thing going where they're, they're artificial beings, but they look human or humanoid, like we saw in Battlestar, and that Maybe right. he's somehow connected to this ancient race of synthetics. And when he saw Data, he's like, this is pretty damn close to us. He's not quite, but he's pretty close. I want to take him apart and find out how they got that to work. I don't know if that's the case, but it's an interesting theory. Yeah, I mean, so my expectation, I don't have a lot of expectation for the show. So that's why I'm enjoying it. I think it's really funny if you can take expectation away from things, you'll be much happier as a viewer sometimes and <laughs> stuff, you know? Oh yeah. Um, not, not to get too much into it, but I, I was not excited when the first Thor movie came out and I went, I didn't look into it. I didn't know nothing about it. I got some free tickets when it came out and I went in with no expectations and I actually really enjoyed it. I love the first Thor movie personally. But. So same thing happened with X3. I know a lot of people thought the third X-Men movie was shit, but I, I really didn't pay attention to any of the trailers or any of the buzz before the movie came out because I, I, I knew they were. I was Brett Ratner that was redirecting it, and I was like, "Oh, he does nothing but shit." So I went in expecting complete shit, 
and it was actually not too bad. So sometimes you got to alter your expectations, and maybe that's why I have issues with Star Wars. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that again sometime. That's gonna. I think we can wrap it up for this week uh, of the Kybercast. I do want to bring some Star Wars back into it next week. I'm gonna ask Michael to maybe watch a little Clone Wars if he can before uh, the new episodes come out. Uh, I don't know if you have. You don't have Disney Plus though. You guys killed it right after Mandalorian came out. No, I have it for free. Oh, then you should watch it because right now I'm 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 deep in the heart. I'm rewatching it. I'm deep in the heart of the the, the Mandalorian section, which is great because it ties so close to what's going on uh, in Mandalorian at the end and the pre Vizsla stuff. And uh, it just it got me really excited to watch it again because I finally got it's a season two. If you you know once you get past season one, season two gets into the Mandalorian, some of the Mandalorian stuff. So uh, I would. Uh, Advise you to watch some of it if you can. They're twenty minute chunks, which is really nice, like twenty two minutes, so you can get you know one done, and you know get a lot. You know you don't have to you don't have to spend a crap ton of time at once if you want don't want to. So we'll see. I, maybe on your, free, on your free bank day tomorrow, since you don't work, because you're a cool federal worker, you can. Uh, I don't enjoy. work a federal worker. I just enjoy the benefits of federal holidays. Right. Well, you're you're. Uh, Watched over by the FDAC or the others. Something like that. Who knows? Yeah. FDIC. <laughs> FDIC. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the KyberCast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you want to help the show out, make sure that you share the show. That would be helpful. Uh, tell your friends about it on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or especially if you can at least uh, leave a comment or something at Apple Podcasts or Google, Spotify, somewhere like that. Um, you know, Michael is always the first one. If you uh, want to talk about the social media, Michael's the guy. So Michael, we're, you know, if they want to talk to us and where do you like to listen to, you can tell them about that. Well, you can always find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're on all three all the time. Like Joe said, though, uh, apparently I'm a little bit more knee jerk when it comes to responding. So if you respond to anything we post on any of those three uh, social media bases, I usually get to you pretty quickly, so probably in less than an hour, you'll get a response from me. And like I said, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I'll respond. Cool. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week at some time. I'm not sure when because I'm traveling, so Michael will have to make another, you know, actually, I'm out. Well, I'm not sure when we're going to record again. We'll have to figure that out because we've got a busy week. I'm shooting this week and... I don't get back until Wednesday, and then I'm out again on a vacation for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, look at you. Who knows? Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. That's why it's uh, it's been tough to get this stuff done. So I'm glad we found some time here on Sunday to get something recorded. So, until then, anything else, Michael? I think I'm good. Joe, you have a safe trip, and listeners, thanks for listening as always. All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you soon. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Shh.